Hey everybody, welcome to Generationally Speaking. This is season three, episode nine. My name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor and the resident boomer here. To my right, is this is it to you? You ask this every time. Awesome. This is where the Brad screws up the intro part <laughs> on the outline comes in. This is Jordan Chitwood, <laughs> our online pastor and also resident millennial. One of the many resident millennials. Hey. I'm surrounded by millennials. You are surrounded. I know. There's what four of us on staff. Yes. Me, Michael, Jake, Trevor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are so glad that you are here. Good to see you, Nicole, Ashley, Susan, Chad, and uh, Landon, and anyone else that is here with us tonight. Episode nine, we are talking about a question that actually has been on my heart really this year, but ever since we did our How Did We Get Here series um, two years ago outside. I don't even remember that remember? one. Okay. Uh, well, it stemmed from a, a conversation Brad and I had where we were talking about division politically. Right. You know, you and I were just bouncing some ideas, some some things that were going on in our world back in 2020. And uh, we were bouncing some things. And I remember either you or myself, I don't remember who, asked the question, well, how did we get here? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Well, when you start to look at the data, the stats, and the church, and how divided the church is, the same question is relevant. How did we get here? And so we're going to talk about the question, why is the church so divided? And here's a question I would love to ask the chat, just real quick, just so I would know, because okay. this interests you and I, Yeah. because we are involved in the church world. I mean, this is our this it's is kind our of our job. It's kind of our job. You it's know. our livelihood and what have you. Yeah. I, I would like to know if you out in the chat... Uh, do one is you sense that and is it of interest to you? Because mm. that was one of the things when you said this, I wondered, okay, is this going to be interesting to the chat? Because to yeah. us, it's fascinating. Yeah. But why I just, are there's nine people watching? Why are you nine watching an episode about because, division of the church? Because there's something boring on the Olympics tonight. True. <laughs> yeah, we just have the greatest demeanor, don't we? Yes. There we go. Um, but yeah, so that's but, a good but, question. But it is. I just, yeah, I'm just curious if this is something that even crosses your mind. Division in the church, division, division in the church. with humans, politically, yeah. you can even talk about really just, that's what we'll be walking through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to Brad's point, it's something that we talk a lot about. Just think about, and we see it all the time. And we see it all the time. Yeah, you know, I have I have many other pastor friends and things like that, and talking to them and what they're dealing with, and, yeah, and things true. like that. So it's yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's just interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to share some data about the division in the church, the different divisions in the church, and um, we also are going to talk about. The may we be one prayer, um, and then kind of just share our thoughts, ideas, and really that's our outline. Yeah. And if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts or I, ideas, I would really love to hear people's thoughts because yeah. it would help me, you know, process this, process this yeah. and walk through what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. So there. Yeah. So Susan says it's interesting to her because she likes thinking about what connects and what divides people. Landon also says that he is interested in this conversation. And so, uh, and then Kevin, something I've always wondered and how the many differences came to be. Without further ado, Brad, why don't you walk us through sure. and we'll kind of bounce some stats off each other because there's a lot of data that we're going to share here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll just start here. According to Lifeway Research, which is actually, <clears throat> if you don't know Lifeway Research, they do do a lot of. I said do do. <laughs> they do a lot of research, and uh, they're a publishing house, things like that. It's from the Southern Baptist Convention or Southern Baptist background. So anyway, mm. in 2020, when asked their most significant struggle in this moment, pastors pointed to the disunity in their congregation. Yeah. So that's not just disunity in the church, like the overall church. That's when pastors answered that it's disunity within their specific congregation. And my guess is, that's one reason I brought up where this is coming from. This is from the Baptist denomination, more mm. than likely, 
which you would think they'd be a little more unified sure. than most sure. denominations, if you will. Okay, sure. we can talk about that later. Along with this, there are over 200 Christian denominations in the USA and 4,500 plus worldwide. That's a lot. Isn't that crazy? It's a lot. Yeah, I was thinking about that this week because the 200 different Christian ones in the United States was a large number to me. Right. Like, I thought that would be worldwide 200 plus. There's 4,500 different denominations, different divisions. Right. And again, some of those are very small, minute differences. Minute differences, yeah. Um, Yeah, one thing, uh, Nicole says, it is interesting to me because so much of the division is focused less on important issues that are not clearly outlined in Scripture. Yeah, and that's something we're actually going to be talking a little bit about. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, uh, I'll share the next data. Next one is, so 49% of United States adults say that they are that going to church is somewhat or very important. 51% of United States adults say that going to church is not too or not at all important. And then 43% of churchgoers say the main reason they go to church is to be, be closer to God. Right. 40% of non-churchgoers say the reason they don't go to church is because they find God elsewhere. That, which we could do again, a whole thing just on, on we that. We could stat, do a whole thing just on that. Stat again, we're itself. just kind of walking through right. different data. Exactly. Now we're going to get into. Uh, well, there's actually one more line, and then we'll share some of the generational stuff. Yeah. Uh, many Americans believe, and this is from 2020, that divisions politically, whether it be there were you know obviously the election, um, and then some just different um, you know conversations that were happening politically, right. caused a lot of the division. Within their congregation, right? As well, absolutely, yeah. And we even, um, I wouldn't say like we noticed too much of like the tension and stuff, but we had so many conversations about things that were happening within our world. Yeah, and 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 I don't know how far we want to go. I think we can talk about some of this later, but that is probably to me the the main thing that's happening in the church world. Yeah, outside, I would say outside of us, and I think we have navigated some of that fairly well. Yeah, but I know of other people who have not. Yeah, and so I think that is a huge thing of, of what's bringing the, the political division has creeped over into mm-hmm. the church part. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into to some of the generational stuff here. Yep. Um, in 2020, only 50% of Americans belong to a church, which is down 20% from 1999. Which is just crazy. Yeah. Well, the 20, the 20% number is what's crazy to me. Right. Yeah. Like the 50% like actually feels high for people that belong to a church. Yeah. But the fact that it used to be 70% in 1999. It, it shows you how fast. This is deteriorating. Yeah, especially when you get into the millennial generation. Right. And that's part of where this becomes generational data is you start seeing 1999, the millennials would have been very early 20s or high teens. Right. Okay. And most of us boomers are dying anyway now, so that's why (laughs) why that's changing so rapidly. (laughs) Right. That's true. And uh, so then the next piece of generational data, 58% of millennials and 46% of Gen Xers in 2021, don't attend church. At all. At all. At all. Online church, in-person church, and this is, again, United States um, data right. specific, but the the 58%, when you think of the idea that 58% of millennials don't attend church, um, and then 46%, even Gen Xers, 46% of Gen Xers that, don't attend that's church. That's a surprising that's stat to me. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's, that's a surprising stat to me. So then you've got all this data that's generational, but then you've got data that is also talking about disunity within 
congregations in the United States that, you know, we could talk a lot about politically probably play a huge role. Um, when I was doing some of the research, a lot of that came to from the mask mandates and the different vaccine status and right. stuff that, uh, you know, the different churches in California or New York and all the controversy that happened there and whatnot. But then also then again, just the election and caused a lot of tension. And you saw all the ugly sides of a lot of people on Facebook on Twitter, on Instagram, and I think it caused a lot of tension then within relationships at church too. And I wonder how many people just said, you know what, I'm just done with this whole thing, and, and this is the way they're going to be, you know. Yeah. And so, which leads us honestly to the scripture that we're going to yep. unpack, which I think is brilliant. So, are you going to read that? Yeah. So this is this is actually a prayer from Jesus right before he is going to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the last thing that he shares with his disciples. It's the last thing that he prays over his disciples. And it's called the May we, the, the Unity Prayer, the May We Be One Prayer. And it's John 17, verse 21, 23. We'll share these few verses, and then we will dive into our discussion about why the church is divided. Okay, so this is Jesus's, this is Christ's heart for the church. This is how we're supposed to function, as right. uh, Jesus would say it. Here we go. Jesus, that all of them, all of the church, all of my disciples may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. We'll talk about that line in a second. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I am them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Yeah. And that, that second to last line, the, um, the world will know that you have sent me by our unity. And that is the whole thing. I right. mean, to me, that's the crux of everything that, that, that we as leaders of the church in general need to keep in mind. Yeah. This is what Jesus himself is praying for. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, we ought to strive for unity to get along as much as it, as it depends on me. Yeah. Of making peace, mm -hmm. because the world is watching us, mm -hmm. and we are we are that witness. And and mm -hmm. when we are not unified, when we are fighting and bickering over all kinds of stuff that doesn't e honestly that doesn't even matter. Yeah, and that was to Nicole's point. You know, it's just it's just unbelievable. And and I think there's two things that that we have to kind of address tonight if we're going to talk about disunity in the church, because. Let's just say pre two thousand and ten or whatever it was. I mean, I think probably in the two thousands in general, it started with this whole political thing. But before mm -hmm. that, the divisions and the strife and the disunity in the church was more denominational mm. of of certain beliefs and standards and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we've talked about this before. I think the church actually started a council culture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we talked about that in our cancel culture you know, episode. And yeah. it started way back, you know, and, and you can go clear back to the Roman Catholics and, and, and Martin <laughs> Luther and, you know, the, the whatever, how many ever <laughs> the, theses it was. Yeah, the 95 theses. 95, yeah. The, and, and so, there, you know, there's always been that. And, and you can understand that, but I think there's even a way to do that in unity. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think there needs to be because, and this is what— something that's always bothered me. Okay. Well, there's two different divisions that we'll talk about tonight. One division within your congregation yeah, and then division within the universal church. Why is the church so divided? Why are there 4,500 right. denominations across the world that claim to be Christian? Uh, this is something that's always bothered me is back in Bible times. Okay. When there were seven churches, okay. That revelation talks yeah. to seven main churches that are in revelation. Um, if you had an issue with another congregant, 
or with something that was taught or brought up, you couldn't just be like, yo, I'm going to pack my bags and go to Ephesus. You know? <laughs> That's a good like, point. Corinthians couldn't be like, yo, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to Galatia. Right, I'm right. going to go to Rome. I'm okay? not going to walk down the street and go to the other right. church. Right. I'm going to inherit the persecution from Rome. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to take on the lion's den because you're just really ticking me off <laughs> with your thoughts on foot washing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but today, you have an issue with a sermon. One word that said that you just disagree with, you have an issue with someone, your 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 students, your kids have an issue with another parent's friend. And it's like so quickly, we're just like, we're going to go check out another church. Right. So quickly. Yes. And that happens, I think, not just with churches, but with jobs, with careers, right. with friendships, yeah. with relationships. It's like one minute issue. Right. Or even one major issue, rather than addressing it, we run. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's so strange, and, and it's a great point. I hadn't really thought of until you said that, that, that there is a lot of that. Is, is we, it's a cut-and-run thing. It's not a let's-have-a-discussion, which we've talked about, again, mm-hmm. so many times here, is we love these kind of discussions. Yeah. You know, you and I don't agree on everything, whether it be political or, or church-wise or what have you, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But we can have those kind of conversations and still Absolutely. have unity. Absolutely. And I think that's part of what boils down, especially when you're looking at, at the churches, all the splits and things like that, the different denominations. And again, some of those denominations are very, very minor. Right. But to me, what I always do is look at, at, at gospel stuff, you know, yeah. what is the core? And that's honestly the denomination that we belong to, Church of God, would say that, you know, it, we're going to major on the on the majors, mm-hmm. and we're not going to worry about the minor stuff. We can yeah. we can have those conversations. Some of those conversations are fun. How mm-hmm. we look at 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 Revelation and some of the yep. you know, second coming of Christ, things like that. You know, there's a lot of different thoughts and processes on there. But the to me, the bottom line is mm-hmm. the bodily resurrection of Christ. That is what the church is founded on. Yeah. And and that's where I go to first. The other stuff we can have fun and talk about, mm-hmm. but there's something about us, I think, in our human nature that we want to be so right. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and we want to be right, and and so then I want to prove you wrong. And, and man, that's just the wrong stance from the yep. very beginning. And that's part of why churches split. That's part of why denominations started to split. Because one of the questions was, I'm interested to hear about the divisions denominationally, because you'd have an issue in the church of we believe this group believes this thing. It it goes back down to the Sadducees versus the Pharisees, where the Pharisees believed in the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees did Did not not. believe in the resurrection of the dead. Now, granted, that's a pretty big distinction. That's one one that, you know, makes sense why there was a split, but then you've got different issues on, you know, A, B, C, or D and whatnot. And church will start splitting. And and it's kind of like the ripple effect where you have one split, into two different groups or seven churches, because this is something Paul had talked about with the Corinthians is, you know, his concern was you have Apollos coming and you've got Peter coming and you've got Jesus coming and et cetera, and talking about different things. And they're sharing some different thoughts and Paul saying, what did Jesus say? Right. You know, and he kept bringing it back to, again, that that central thing uh, is still borders on that. Right. You know, and, and I think we 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 get into the minutia of some of some of the stuff. The other thing, mm-hmm. the other thing I think that happens humanly with us is that we want to be the best. Mm-hmm. We want to be the best church. So the church down Even the street, in churches, yeah. The church down the street, we don't really like them because one is they've got more people than us, mm-hmm. you know, or or they're saying this, and so we try to pick them apart because we want to be better than them. And yep. we're in the same. We're on the same team. We're on the same team. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that Jesus. I think it's just two times. One where he says they will know you are my disciple by how you love mm-hmm. one another. And then this time he says, they will know that you are that Jesus 
that I was sent by God is what he says. What do you say? Um, the world will know that you sent me, that God sent me by your unity. Right. So it's like two different times. One, if you want to know if you're a disciple, it's how you love. If you want to know who the son of God is, it's by a unified church. Yeah. And I think the church has messed that up so much. Oh my gosh. And, and then, you know, we look at all these stats and we're all bummed because of no one's coming to church anymore. (laughs) Yeah. We're the ones to blame for it. Yeah. It starts with the the church. You know, really. And again, it comes back and, and then some people will say, well, you know, you, and I tell you, I, I've heard this. I heard it honestly last week, hmm. somebody at church saying, you know, the, the, the word is as sharp as a two-edged sword and, and, you know, we got to take a stance. And yes, we do have to take stances. There's no mm-hmm. question about that, mm-hmm. you know, but there's also a way to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, we have stances, mm-hmm. you know, we know where we stand on a lot of issues that are mm-hmm. hot button issues yeah. that, that would divide, are able to divide, but we, we try the best we can to come back to that main issue of the yeah. resurrection of Jesus. And then we can have those other kind of discussions. Mm-hmm. Let's read two of the comments. One from Michaela says, the internet has sort of taught us, I'm just going to say the internet has taught us, yeah. to tune out what we don't like and have the things we do like only a click away. And here's the other thing is, again, we've gotten to the point that we can't even have the discussion. Yep. And and let's just face it, even within ourselves, I mean, you know, I've heard, I've made a note here of, of false teachers. Mm. And, and this is a fun topic. This is <laughs> we, some of the people that we follow. Yeah. One of the, one of my favorite pastors that I listen to that, you know, and he is called a false teacher all <laughs> the time. Mm-hmm. Canceled. You know, <laughs> I just don't, I don't get it. Yep. And it happens, and the the different megachurch pastors, especially, see the brunt of it because their content goes viral. Right. And so, but it's it's incredibly discomforting to see TikTok hashtag millennial see TikTok people who will post like sermon videos of you know Furtick, Michael Todd, or you know TD Jakes, or Andy Stanley, or. Craig Rochelle, Rob Bell, any any speaker, pastor, you name it. And then the what they used to be called the the Twitter warriors, now the TikTok warriors will come to bat for Jesus as they think. Yeah. Canceled, false teaching, don't follow this person, don't follow this human. Beth Moore, canceled, don't follow this human. Yeah. She, you know, and it's just like anyone that's I'm going to say something that might be offensive. A lot of people will say like Anyone that's not John Piper or John MacArthur <laughs> is, is not good. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to me. Yeah. And that has caused so many divisions. Yeah. And there's some of those those people that, that we would say, hey, there's some stances they have that absolutely. We, we absolutely would not agree with. Absolutely. You know, I, I would say, no, you know, I, I don't. Anyone that likes pineapple on pizza? There you go. Canceled. You know? <laughs> but yet there's, but that you can, and the other thing that happens is then we throw out everything they've ever said. Yes. You know, yes, we, yes. we get challenged every once in a while with some of the books that we read. Yeah. Because of, yeah. Well, well, this person believes this. Yeah, I think he does believe that. I totally disagree with this, but man, the what he oh, wrote about yeah. this. Yeah. That's, I may raise some eyebrows, that's of God. Yeah. You know? And I, and, yeah, and, we're all human. Like, <laughs> nobody has a, I don't have 100% correct beliefs. I just don't. I'm human. Yeah. I can't have. Per- I'm not Jesus. To to think that everything I believe is is is, is, is absolute correct. truth. Yeah. Oh, that's just that's terrifying. Scary. You we'll talk about getting off track here. Yeah. You made a comment going what you just said. You know about you don't believe you're 100. Yeah. percent You had an issue in ordination. Yeah. About that very thing. Yep. 
and and just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, just that... one of the concepts. It was a question of, um, uh, do you, you know for sure? You're... Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Yeah. And I put, well, the first time I answered, I said no, <laughs> and it raised a lot of eyebrows. Now, I just want to give you some context here. This is in our ordination. Yeah. That. You know, you have to answer exactly right, kind right, of. <laughs> right, because I'm 99% sure. And again, this was just this is just me, like you know, walking through, overthinking, one. analyzing, and stuff. And so eventually, I went and answered, like, yes, I do believe I'm going to heaven. But at the end of the day, like, we know very little about about the afterlife. We know very little about heaven. We know very little about hell. Whether you know, contrary to popular belief and right. stuff. And so the concept of like those absolute questions, which so many churches have created divisions in see and that's what i love about your heart because because it comes down to you know god's the only one that really knows right. i'm not the savior you're not yeah and just because i've you know i can just look at I've scripture and think, you know, i think I, <laughs> I think i'm i'm pretty good because here's yeah. how i look at this yep but am i 100 percent sure mm-hmm. no yeah. there's you know there's there there's is a, that tension yeah and i think part of that and i think that's so much but right. yet we want to say this is what i believe this is what has mm-hmm. to be and if you disagree with that then you're out. You're out. Or we're divided. We're divided. Or we're split. Uh, Joe Buncher says, we live in a fast food mentality and society. Yes, we do. Um, and I think that was in reference to Michaela's um, comment of uh, not just with uh, expecting miracles, like the fast food idea of like instantaneous pleasure, but then also data and resources. And think about this. If there's tension within a relationship or tension within a sermon or from a pastor, rather than staying long-term to fix the situation, it's so easy for us it's to much just easier. get out of there. Yeah. And and that's the same with our relationships, too. Yeah. And that's part of what, especially in my generation, what started to recognize is that it's easier to, rather than confront the situation— Okay. Mm -hmm. And because there's beauty and diversity, I'm kind of jumbling all over thoughts and stuff, but (laughs) diverse thoughts and diverse thinking. And if you are on a team where everyone has a hundred percent of the same beliefs, it's a group think you got, you've got to think this way. You've got to have, you, you're not going to thrive. No, you're never going to push the boundary. Some of our best times have been when we, when we've disagreed on something and and we've had to bounce and and in in a a respectful way say, Mm -hmm. well, what about this? And I would say most of the times, no matter who it is in the office, I and mean, we do this with everybody in the office, mm-hmm. is you get to a point you say, oh, yeah, I see that point. I didn't see that before. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see where maybe that is something. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna process that a little bit. Yeah. You just don't see that happening in culture right now. No, because, and this is to Joe, Joe's point, you live in a fast food culture. You live in the, the culture of if I, don't, if I don't get what I want for the price I want it at the speed I want it, I'm just going to go to Arby's next door. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm my, just out. My mind is made up. Don't confuse <laughs> my me. My mind with, is made up. Don't confuse me with the facts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or even don't confuse me with the opinions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Susan Key says crazy busy lives schedules contribute to declining attendance in person. Yes. And this is part of what, um, back to what we were talking about um, Sunday, where yeah. Trevor was saying, hey, what, what are your priorities in life? Because you see a lot of churches struggling with this where, Attendance was already in the decline before COVID. And a big part of that was worldwide because you're in sports six nights a week. Right. You are, um, I mean, hobbies, jobs, you're working 50, 60 hours a week, or you're working three days a week and you say you can work Sundays or Sunday nights, you yeah. know? And so that impacts all of that fun stuff as yeah. well. So, so, 
I'm just looking at time. <laughs> Division, you know, between denominations, things like that. I think part of the, the issue we have is that we want to be right. We want to be better than the next guy, not realizing we are on the same team, mm-hmm. no matter what church you are. Yep. And and are there differences between some churches? Yeah. Are there, beliefs, are there some... Sure. Are there some problematic churches out there? I would say yes, there, yeah. there are. And, yeah. and there's some that you probably should stay away from. Mm-hmm. But, but we can still do that in a way that, that shows unity mm-hmm. and love, because it's not about me being right. Is right. Even, even if, there, if this church is wrong and there is a false teacher, there's a way to do that in love. Mm. It's unity, not uniformity, too. Exactly. I think that's a big part, yeah. is you, if you're looking for a place to belong where you agree with a hundred percent of the things you're never going to be pushed no. too. Yeah. It ain't going to happen, but then you're also never going to be like, yeah. I think about the books that, you know, even you and I have said, Hey, you read this or I'll read that or a podcast. Hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think. And all, and we do it all the time. It's all like, time. don't you want to be challenged? Yes. Like, won't, wouldn't you rather? And, and we've gotten so, do you think some that. of that is because you don't have a solid enough faith that you don't want your you know, this is what I've always been taught. This is always what I believe. I so think I that's a big I, part of it, I too. don't want to be rocked. Yes, I think it's don't want to be rocked. I think it's people don't like confrontation and yeah. that tension. Yeah. And and even, like, I'm set in my ways, and so I don't want to, like, be pushed in another right. That's I'm, I'm pretty comfortable where yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm very comfortable. Yeah, I think it's it. a mix of all of it. But, oh, I like what you just said, though. I think that um, because we're in a generation of spiritually and biblically illiterate for the majority people. That's true. Um it can be intimidating and even just frightful to um, like engage in content. And there is, I think some like, Hey, I wouldn't suggest you go, you know, read the Quran, you know, if you aren't spending time every day reading the Bible. Okay. But I think it can be kind of cool to go study other different religions, you know, books of life and whatnot. But I do think that there does need to be some caution of... Sure there is. With what... <laughs> your voice cracked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Are you changing generations on me? <laughs> no, puberty. I have to yeah. finally get it. <laughs> um, so, hey, any... In the chat or for you, any final thoughts or ideas? Let, let's run real quick if we can. Because cause to me, that was the... I'd love to see you run quick. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's never going to happen. <laughs> you know, we talked about the vision of the church, denomination, things like that. I think the other thing that we, we've got to address, too, in, in disunity right now, and I think that this is the majority of what we're seeing in churches right now, is a political yes. division. That that the church has aligned with... I won't say the church. Some churches have. People have aligned themselves with a political party yeah. on either side, mm-hmm. and somehow they've mixed that in with the Jesus movement. Yep. And and that, that has caused so much problems. Yep. And and I don't even know how to even talk about that, but mm-hmm. but one we are aware of that mm-hmm. and we try to, to to be very careful because again, our basis is we're going to talk about Jesus <laughs> being resurrected. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, that is, Jesus, Jesus, his life and love, his love and, and love, you know, his and, truth, his teaching. And I just don't feel like we need to, as a church, get involved in a political debate of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with talking politics. I, I, I love some of those conversations, mm-hmm. but we can't let it throw throw everything else off we believe in, in our belief system also. Mm-hmm. And then there's um and then there are different human rights and human morale situations or even life situations that show up throughout Jesus's life that are happening in our world too that um we do talk about that often get put in the category of well now they're just being political. 
which we're not. Right. So like, and for the clear example of when we talked about racism right. and racial reconciliation, right. you know, Jesus talked about the tension Absolutely. there. Jesus went into Samaria where there was huge racism and racial tension between the two communities. They hated one another because they were Samaritans and we were Jews. There was that racial tension. Absolutely. But I think so often, not so often, a lot of times individuals will say like count out the teaching or count out because they think that, a, B, C, or D you, is being political. You, uh, uh, yeah, and you, you hear one of those buzzwords, mm-hmm. those trigger, trigger words, words yep. you know, and all of a sudden, oh, I can't listen to this. But again, and, and we have always very heavily tried to say, you know, we're talking about biblical justice. We're talking about, yep. and we, we always bring it back to mm-hmm. that instead of a view that may be out there, again, on either side right. of, of the aisle right. <laughs> there, if you will. Right. We, we want to come back to, okay, what, what biblically do we, do we say about this, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Couple, Hard to argue with. Yep. Couple more thoughts um, from the chat. Actually, four more thoughts. Uh, Michaela shared, I think it's easy to want church to be tailor-made to us, too. So we might get upset about every little thing we disagree with. Yes, I go to church to get fed. Uh, <clears throat> don't even start there. Right. <laughs> You're supposed to add another E, and it's I go to church to feed, to serve, to love. That's, to, that's brilliant. You know, I know. I'm yeah. full of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but when you think about the the early church and why they thrived in Acts, it's because they shared resources like with each other. If one of their members was hurt and not able to afford something, they'd go and help them out. If one member needed food, they'd right. feed them. If one member was, you know, needed picked up to go to a doctor's appointment, they and they were doing life together. And now it's become like we have to have service project days just begging people to come serve, which is like, you know, like it should be something that all 300 people of Crossbridge are like, we're looking, what can we we do? We are looking for things to do to help. How can we serve? Who can we help? Yeah. Um, Let's see. Landon shared, I tend to go back to what you said a while back, Brad. We are fixated on an American gospel, which was never meant to be a thing. Yeah, we're just following the gospel. Right. The gospel. Yeah. And you've got different things, American gospel, Chinese, like, I think that's part of where the divisions have happened. Yeah, and and I tell you, that's something I've honestly struggled with. I mean, you know, I like a political debate as much as anybody else does, but I had to really, over the last many years, have have gotten out of that and just saying, this this has got to be about Jesus only. Yeah. And 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 that's the basis of, of everything. And to yeah. the point that I've had to shut off I had I've had to shut off news channels and, mm. and what have you and just devoid myself of that. I try to keep up with as much so I I have a general knowledge of what's, what's going, going on, on, how mm-hmm. I feel and mm-hmm. things like that. I, I still think it's very important, mm-hmm. but yet it can't influence the Je- the Jesus that, that I'm following. Yeah, what was it? Oh, what was that quote? Um, you need to let your Bible influence your newspaper, not your newspaper influence your Bible. Correct. Who was that? I don't remember, but I remember that's, us talking that's, that's about that quote yeah. where it was coming down to like, stay engaged in politics. Jesus still, I mean, he was saying, hey, give to Caesar what you give to Caesar, give to God. Like he didn't say just completely disengage. Right. He was saying there's a place for both. Right. And it's going, I mean, there is some that's going to influence one another Especially in our culture, like it's inevitable. And and here's what I would say. This came up earlier, and it just came back to me. So I got to say this: is the one thing that you you, you got to understand is that if it's of God, it does not divide. Mm. If it's of the enemy, it's meant to divide. Hmm. And I believe the enemy is using the church or has infiltrated the church, and and that's where a lot of the division has come from. So hmm. if if you feel like you're on the opposite side, and you you're gonna you got to you got to check your heart, mm-hmm. I believe. Check your heart, and also, I think we have to really be careful about when we associate something to, like, 
God told me to do this or the Holy Spirit. Not like, I think that happens all the time, but I think so often we'll like every single one of our convictions, what's from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's from God. Yeah. And then there's a division that happens. Well, well, then you can't question me because mine's from God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think if you're going like the weight of us, of a, of a stance like that, yeah, the, or the weight of a proclamation like that, like you need to really like don't just throw that around lightly. Yeah, you know. And, and I would say I go to and I read a lot of articles. I just, matter of fact, I read three or four right before we came over here about stuff that's happening in mm. churches and things like that. But when I see division, okay, and this is my opinion, okay, and we can have this discussion. When I see division, whether it comes from a political leader where it sounds like what you're trying to do is separate sides mm-hmm. instead of bringing people together. If I see a pastor that looks, sounds like he's separating sides instead of bringing people together, mm. I, I my first inclination is this is not of God. Mm. And so, and, I, and it may be or it may not be, but again, it's not saying, hey, you can't, you still want to have the discussion, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, it does make sense because I think one of the pastor's jobs needs to be to shepherd and to keep the flock together. Yeah, exactly. Didn't separate the black sheep from the white sheep and the speckled sheep, like, it's like, hey, you're in charge of these 99 plus the one that's astray. Like, let's right. go get it. Let's bring them home. Right. right. And sometimes it did, sometimes it caused division amongst the people because their hearts weren't in the right place. And they're like, eh, I can't, if we're going to go chase after the one, I'm out, you know? And yeah. then sometimes you're like, okay, well, like that's where in Luke, when it says this son is going to, you know, it's, he's going to be the rising and the falling of many in Jerusalem because there's going to be some people who are going to want to cancel this Jesus guy. Yeah. Okay. And, and it, we shouldn't be surprised about that. I know. And, and in culture right now, I think people are surprised that that, that there's persecution coming to the American church. Mm-hmm. Hello? And you know what's crazy? I just, I just read a thing in Nigeria that 37, I think it was 37 people just got killed. Hmm. I mean, it's, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm starting to rant. No, you're okay. <laughs> Susan shares every. Susan shares in response to Michaela's um, comment, everything in our cultures these days is what suits me. Growth can't happen when we get too comfortable. Yep. Absolutely. And then Joe says, read years ago in Moody Monthly Magazine that only 2% of all churches in America have what you want. You have to pick the best church that fits your needs and feed yourself sometimes just on your own. And that's partially true. Absolutely. Actually, that's very true. Is There's sometimes... Most of the time that you have to, you go to church to be a part of the community, to invest, to serve, to love, to feed. And then a lot of your biblical growth, a lot of your spiritual growth, your prayer life has to happen on your own. It should happen on your own. It yeah. should. Yeah. And, and, you're, and you're coming, and, and, and I think I said this from the stage just the other week when we welcomed, is, is we are here to give back and worship God. Yep. This is not, a, I wonder if I'm going to like the music. It's not a time of you to come and, in and, and feel I hope happy. I, and but... I hope I, you know... And it's and that becomes a byproduct of mm-hmm. the change of your heart of I am here to to see what I'm I'm here for God, mm-hmm. not for me. Mm-hmm. And then you get fed and you mm-hmm. get, yeah. That's so. part of why even just the 21st century church model, where you go to Sunday for an hour, and then you leave, like that was non-existent back in the early church. Right. The church, like we've said, they were living together. Right. Like it was a community, the Corinthian church, try as they might, first Corinthians, they were failing a lot. Second Corinthians, they kind of got their act together and then they started worshiping gods again. Long story short, they were in community living together. It wasn't all right. Come to church for one hour a week. And then it's a hundred. And and it's not like they got, I mean, there were still, there were still issues that they had to have conversations with. The apostles had hard conversations with each other. Oh yeah. That's okay. It's it's good. It's absolutely good. You're addressing the tension. You're addressing the, the 
conversation. You're yeah. having conversations. You're doing life. Right. And this is part of like, again, like way, way back in the day before Hamilton, you know, was, you know, like the first two presidents. I think the concept of having a Republican, whoever won the presidency got, you know, president and then the opposite party that was running against would be vp mm. that lasted for like two terms <laughs> you know but i think that concept of where you're gonna have both parties represented right. i think that concept is fascinating yeah it would never work never. in our culture <laughs> but it's still that idea of like hey even though i disagree with what you believe politically i think the best way to unify our people is to have all voices how represented. can we find common ground yeah well, hey, you better, yeah, you better wrap this up. We better we're, we're this, so many this conversation though was fat, like <laughs> stinking awesome. Well done. Thank you so much for sharing, Brad. Thank you for all of those who are commenting. Thank you for the 12 of you watching live. Um, if this is a conversation that you want to continue on, um, shoot us a comment or a private message or an email Jordan at C3FW.org. But thank you so much for being a part of this. Um, this Sunday, Brad and Bruce are co-teaching yeah. and walking through week number two of margins. Next week, no podcast, and then the last Thursday, I think it's February 24th, we are going to play Brad and Jordan Trivia. So we're going to ask the chat trivia about us. So, hey, (laughs) thank you so much for being here. Have a great rest of your night. We'll see you next time for Episode 10. Thanks, everybody.